is rolling. Audio is rolling. We're all good to go. Sounds good. Yep. G'day and welcome to the Bernie Ganner Show. It is great to have your company again. The US election is now just 17 days away. At stake is the future of the world's most powerful nation. Will America be able to stand up to an increasingly powerful China? Will its economy rebound after the coronavirus lockdowns? And can America do either of those things while violent left-wing militias wreak havoc on its cities? Those are important questions. They are so important that they are not just being asked in the United States. People all over the world are asking them. So you'd think that Joe Biden, who is leading the polls, would be focused on those issues. After all, if he wins, he'll need to deal with them. But Joe Biden is focused on other things, more important things. So... What are those other things? Well, first up, it's not entirely clear. <laughs> wow, the man you just watched may soon be leading the most powerful nation on earth. And it's pretty clear that no one, not even Joe himself, really has any idea what he's doing. That's concerning. It doesn't just concern conservatives, it concerns everyone. If you have time, Go back and watch that 30 second clip again, but this time, look at the face of the woman who asked the question. It's priceless, and she's a Joe Biden voter. You'll get a good laugh. So, what question was Joe Biden answering? Well, it was this one. Ah, uh, the old transgender chestnut. China's on the horizon. Everything is shut down, there's a pandemic, and loonies are burning down US cities. But what will Joe Biden do for men who think that they are women? Well, Joe will change the law for them. That's what. Joe might be losing it, that's why he rambles on, but when it comes to changing the law for people who don't even know who they are, Joe Biden is on the ball, even when they're only eight years old. In some ways, that clip says a lot more about America, in fact, the entire Western world, than just about what Joe Biden said. When you think about it, it is more than a little weird that that question was even asked, given all the real problems that the world is facing. But that question was chosen out of all the hundreds of possible questions that could be put to Joe Biden. It was then played live on television, and the man who might be the next US president was asked about transgenderism. And then media outlets all over the world ran stories on it. All of that is really quite incredible. It says a lot about our society and none of it is good, even without getting into the fact that Joe Biden does believe that a man can be a woman. Just for the record, because we like to fight fake news here at The Good Source, a man cannot be a woman. If you think otherwise, you should really get some help. 
Over the past few days, a major story has broken in the US. The New York Post last week published emails, purportedly from the computer of Joe Biden's son, Hunter, that show that in 2015, Hunter introduced his father, Joe Biden, then the US Vice President, to a top executive at Ukrainian energy firm, Burisma. Why is that interesting? Well, because Hunter was reportedly paid $50,000 a month by Burisma, even though he had no experience in energy or the Ukraine. Instead, it is claimed that he had cash thrown at him for his connections, including with his father. And then, less than a year after this reported meeting, Joe Biden managed to pressure Ukrainian authorities into sacking a prosecutor. This prosecutor says he was inventing, uh, investigating Burisma, where Hunter Biden was being paid a fortune for corruption. So the scandal, unproven as yet, is that Hunter Biden has been profiting off his connection with his father and that his father used his position to protect his son's financial interests and a foreign company from a corruption investigation. That Joe Biden got someone fired by withholding a billion dollar loan from Ukraine is not a secret. He's boasted about it himself. Now, you'd think that this story would be one that was worth pursuing. The last thing America needs is a president who pressures foreign nations to shut down corruption investigations to enrich his own family. But that is the allegation being thrown around. In fact, it has been thrown around for some time, but just last week it appeared that the first hard evidence proving it was unearthed. So, what happened? Well, most of the media went to work burrowing. So, what happened? Well, most of the media went to work to bury the story. The New York Times and CNN did not touch it. And the social media giants, Facebook and Twitter, locked down accounts that posted the New York Post article, which, by the way, also published photos from the laptop showing Hunter Biden smoking what appeared to be a crack pipe. They banned the article, perhaps the biggest article during this election campaign, just three weeks from election day. They did it even though no one has proven the article to be false. This is called censorship, and it is an even bigger issue than the story itself. Twitter went so far as to shut down the Trump campaign Twitter account. Just think about that for a second. The social media giants are doing everything they can to ensure that Americans cannot hear from the President of the United States. It is outrageous. Big tech, Facebook and Twitter, did this for one reason. They are politically corrupt and are desperate to see Joe Biden win the election. They know that Joe Biden will not do anything to upset their very lucrative apple cart. This is how Tucker Carlson of Fox News characterized this situation. <coughs> if Trump does win the election, and I think he will, one of the first things he needs to do is sort out big tech. Big tech has made trillions of our private information and now they control the flow of all information, even to the point where they can pull stories that threaten their favorite political candidate and silence a sitting American president. This is dangerous, it is undemocratic, and it must be stopped. Well, Joe Biden kept being asked, and Joe Biden kept refusing to answer. The question, of course, is whether he will pack the US Supreme Court with partisan Democratic judges. Packing courts with political puppets is a surefire way to kill any justice system. It's such a bad idea that in any normal election year, both candidates would have killed off the idea a long time ago. But not this year. 
Joe Biden has kept the question burning for weeks. And then on Friday, he let the cat out of the bag. Joe Biden will kill the US justice system. Watch this. <clears throat> By that point on, Joe Biden is referring to the current process underway, an entirely constitutional process to fill the vacancy left on the Supreme Court by the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. President Trump has nominated Amy Coney Barrett to fill that spot, as he is required to do by the US Constitution. And the Senate is considering that nomination as they also are required to do under the US Constitution. None of this is extraordinary. It is how the system is supposed to work. Joe Biden and the Democrats are just upset that they might not get their choice. And that's because the American people voted Donald Trump and the Republicans into positions to fill this spot on the US Supreme Court. So what Joe Biden is really doing is threatening to tear down the US justice system unless the Republicans stop following the Constitution. It's as simple as that. And given Biden's latest comments, it is no longer a secret either. The only question if he's elected is how long it will take before his new justice system starts lining its political opponents up against the wall. Speaking of violence, it continues in America. This police vehicle was set alight in Seattle last week while a police officer was inside it. Given the violence unleashed against the police and promoted by radical left-wing groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa, it should come as no surprise that police officers are leaving their jobs in droves. After all, who would want to work in a dangerous job where the media and much of the political class support organisations that incite people to kill you? Because that is what is happening. Most police officers join up to protect their community. They are brave people, but at the end of the day, they still want to go home and tuck their sons and daughters into bed. That is becoming more difficult thanks to the Democratic Party's militias. In, in the city of Seattle, where that vehicle I just showed you was burnt, approximately 10% of the police force have resigned this year. 118 police officers have left the Seattle police force, almost one third of them just last month, according to Jason Rance, a local reporter. Many of the approximately 1,200 who have remained are using accrued sick leave as they look for new jobs too. It means that Seattle's police force has decreased to levels last seen in 1990, when Seattle was 40% smaller than it is today. As a result, emergency calls may not be answered. This is not such a good thing, considering Seattle has seen a 60% increase in murder this year. 60%. To make matters worse, the council acting on calls to defund the police has decided to sack another 70 officers. Seattle is one place that soon no one will want to call home. The Democrat militias will make sure of that. And Democrat militias they are. Project Veritas has uncovered the violent views and pro-Antifa support of key Democrats in the state of Colorado. Watch this. <coughs> Guillotines, the man says. That's all you got to say and you'll get your way. It is a threat. That video should send chills down your spine. It should send a chill down the spine of everyone. Notice his direct threat to Jeff Bezos. Bezos is a Democrat. He just happens to be uber rich. But when people like the man in this video get their way, being a rich Democrat will not save you. It will be why you die. When the revolution comes, it always eats its own. So, who was this man? Well, his name is Christopher Jacks. And he is more than just a mere member of the Democratic Party. 
he and his mates have a growing influence in its operations in Colorado. Bernie Sanders said, get involved, and so the left-wing militias did. They joined up the Democratic Party, and the way things are going, it won't be long before they are running it. We should all expect increased violence in the US over the coming weeks. These people openly admit that they will lie, cheat, and steal. These people are the ones who will not accept the election result, and when it doesn't go their way, things will get really nasty. Throughout this year, we have been told by politicians that they only follow the science and that lockdowns are necessary to prevent COVID-19. Dance at a wedding, sit on a park bench, buy a kebab, and coronavirus might happen. But it can't happen. Someone might die, or end up in hospital, or just get a cough, or most likely not even know that they have it. And we cannot afford that. So every Australian has had their freedom taken away, some more than others, but all of us have suffered. Hardly anyone has got sick. More people under the age of 50 have died from shark attacks than COVID-19 this year. That is a fact. Victorians in particular have suffered. They have endured the longest lockdown in the world. Melburnians were confined to their home for 23 hours a day. Dan Andrews said it was what the experts said needed to be done. Then his own experts said, actually, no, didn't need to be done. Then Dan Andrews said it was all about making the job easier for the police. And then the police said that actually, no, they didn't ask for the lockdowns either. And now it turns out that the World Health Organization does not support lockdowns either. Watch this. <clears throat> Making poor people an awful lot poorer. That's what lockdowns do. There was no justification for Dan Andrews' draconian dictatorship. His position is untenable, especially as it is now becoming known that his answers to the inquiry in Victoria are simply not credible or true. He needs to go. And I can't wait for the class actions that come his way. He should pay personally for what he has done to his state. Most people would have thought that Dan Andrews would be booted before the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, but that may not be the case. Gladys Berejiklian is in the headlines this week because she had a close personal relationship with Daryl Maguire, an MP who it is alleged used his position of power and his relationship with the Premier for financial gain. This is how this very embarrassing story unfolded. Now, these revelations shocked everybody, including Gladys Berejiklian's closest colleagues, who simply had no idea that she was sleeping with Daryl Maguire. Now, I have no idea whether Gladys Berejiklian did the wrong thing in relation to corruption. I also have no idea whether Daryl Maguire did the wrong thing either, but it certainly does not look good for either of them. But I do know this. There is an old saying that when it comes to politics, you should either follow the money or find out who is sleeping with who. Generally, those trails tend to end up in the same place. If you are sleeping with someone, you will treat them differently than you treat other people. Secret sexual relationships always open the door to bad behavior. The very fact that they are secret is wrong in itself. The institution of marriage has ensured that sexual relationships are open and understood. One of the problems with the attack on marriage is that secret relationships have now come to be expected, especially in politics, and transparency in this area is now avoided altogether. It should not be this way. The most reliable way to ensure that dodgy political deals or corruption is avoided is to be open and transparent about your intimate relationship. 
And yes, you only need one of them. In fact, this is the only way of ensuring that vested personal interests do not cloud political decisions. Gladys Berejiklian failed not just herself, but the people of New South Wales when she decided to embark on this sneaky affair. She should resign. She has shown a complete lack of integrity. And for all the people out there claiming that we have no right to know who she is sleeping with, I say, get on your bikes. We should know exactly who our political leaders are sleeping with, and if it's not their spouse, then they should no longer be in politics at all. The Dutch are moving to allow parents to decide if they would like to put their children to sleep. That's the polite way of saying killing them. Not content with just bumping off the elderly who no one wants to care for anymore, the Dutch health minister is drafting laws that will allow children under the age of 12 to be euthanized. Normally, health ministers are in charge of helping their citizens stay fit and healthy, but not in the Netherlands, it seems. 7,000 people kill themselves via euthanasia in the Netherlands each year. By the way, that's more than eight times the number of people in Australia who died with COVID this year, even though we have a larger population than the Netherlands. That's interesting. Euthanasia, it seems, is far more deadly than coronavirus. Oh well, at least it's legal. And soon, who knows how many children will join those 7,000 in the Netherlands each year. Meanwhile, New Zealand went to the polls to vote on euthanasia and to legalise cannabis yesterday. As this episode was filmed before the election, I'm not sure what the results are, but I can confidently predict that any nation that legalises drugs and death won't last in any civilised form. If the Kiwis do vote to end it all, they will have an excuse though. After all, they've been living under Jacinda Ardern for longer than most could possibly bear. It's time to wrap up this week's episode, but not before we finish with our weekly recognition of lunacy. This week's Goose of the Week runner-up and the winner both goes to the ABC. Well done, guys. It's the first time any individual organisation has been able to scoop up both of these awards in a single week. The ABC has managed this amazing feat because it takes crazy to extreme levels. Michael Smith broke a story on Friday that the ABC was offering prizes to staff members if they could reach diversity goals. Not diversity of thought goals, gender diversity goals. Programs should aim to be 50-50 male and female across the board. Apparently, according to the ABC, this will make for better programs that are more relevant to its audience. I'm not sure what the prizes are, but I'm sure future guests on the ABC will be pleased to know now that they've been chosen because of their gender rather than their brains. And ABC Brisbane obviously should not get a single prize. After all, with one noticeable exception of Steve Austin, all of their single hosted daytime shows are filled with women, all uniformly leaning to the left. It's not just crazy, it's bloody boring too. The ABC's gender diversity push gets the runner-up prize. And the winning prize goes to ABC cameraman Lincoln Rothel for sending out an email last week stating that he would have voted for COVID for a Nobel Prize if it killed Cardinal Pell. Now that's a pretty stupid thing to say, but it is not as stupid as accidentally sending it out across an entire ABC newsroom. And that's what Rothel did. At least he has shown us what the ABC really does think of Cardinal Pell and the culture of this organisation, and we can thank him for that. So give Lincoln Rothel and the ABC a round of applause. They're this week's Geese of the Week. And cut.
Okay, Queen's, Queensland election. Yep. 31st of October. Um, so, um, so yeah, just just however you want. Um, so you know we'll be crossing to battleground seats. To there may not be a, a result that night. It'll be um, you know nail biting finish, and we'll be um, covering that right here in this uh, studio that you've been generously donating to, and um, uh, we'll be covering to candidates and, and battleground seats throughout the night to um, to get the breaking news on on um, what the Queensland election 31st of October isn't it mm, okay so that night and so uh, do you like the name democracy sausage for the show that night come and watch the democracy sausage I'm actually thinking about having the barbie going and making it relax so you can have beers and snags on set or whatever Democracy sausage. No, maybe, I, maybe not the food. Um, <laughs> but yeah, certainly if you want to bring a drink in. Democracy snag I'd go with. Why? No, it's not bad. I just think democracy sausage will result in crude jokes. That's all. That's just a, a cliche that everybody says on the day, types on the day. Um, because that's the sausage sizzles. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. The Queensland election is coming up on the 31st of October and Good Source News will be covering it live in this studio which we've been slowly putting together with your support. If you can, there's still a lot of work to be done so please donate at the Good Source website but on the 31st of October in this studio we'll be crossing to important seats, bringing you breaking news and having a bit of a laugh as well. Stay tuned. a pun we can do it. I think it actually works calling it that because um, we're the good sauce. Yeah. You, like you like a bit of sauce with your sausage? Well, on election night we're going to have a bit of democracy sausage on the good sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works. I don't know. I'll... <laughs> uh, I'm not married to 